You're listening to Brand to Brand, the marketing show. With your hosts, Thomas Sterling. This is the future. This is where everything goes. And Veronica St. Cyr. Why the hell would anybody buy this? An unfiltered conversation on brand strategy. And it worked like crazy. Marketing trends. I think they're in again. And emerging technology. There's going to be big impacts here. You're excited. I'm pumped. (laughs) All right. Let's kick things off. What's up, everyone? Today on the show, we're diving into the ultra exciting world of... Insurance? (laughs) 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 I mean, maybe 20 years ago, no, a little longer than that, this category was a real sleeper. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. And it is now a category of ads some of us love, some of us maybe don't love. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, V? Yeah, insurance is something that a lot of people find maybe confusing or it can be kind of scary because you're really only using it after something bad or traumatic happen. I mean, they have life insurance, right? But like, you're not usually leveraging your car or home insurance after like a really fun event happened. Mm. Uh, So it made sense that this industry was disrupted from a marketing perspective. But at the same time, you would, you would just expect it to be dry and boring, which it always was. And now it's some of the most creative content that you can find in marketing. Like how the hell did that happen? Absolutely. And that's what makes this such an interesting category. And more than that, that's what makes it applicable to any business or marketer that's listening. And with that, let's get into it. It's a little bit of shake and then fake. Shake and So, Geico or Progressive, what's it going to be? Are you a Flow fan? Secretly a Flow fan? I'm not a Flow <laughs> fan. But in terms of a marketing case study, it's pretty good. All right. <laughs> I think Geico created the category, so I should probably go first. Take it away. Geico was first founded 260 million years ago by this little green lizard. Okay. No. 1936. I don't think about Geico until 1999 when they launched the famous Gecko and completely changed their marketing image. But this is a brand that's been around for a long time. And between 1936 to, let's say, around 2000, they'd amassed about 8% of the overall market share, but they had no brand recognition. And so the insight was they need to help people understand what Geico was. And so they came up with this idea for the lizard. What does Geico even really stand for? Well, it's very exciting. The (laughs) Government Employees Insurance Company. I love it. They would have corporate bland thing you could ever that's right i don't even know why they needed the gecko honestly put that on a bumper sticker (laughs) that has legs so they came up with a spokes not a spokesperson a spokes creature spokes being (laughs) (laughs) to carry the torch and it actually worked really well i got the first commercial if you want to hear it oh yeah let's play it all right hold on This is my final plea. I am a gecko, not to be confused with Geico, which could save you hundreds on car insurance. So stop calling me. Geico, a 15-minute call could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And what's funny is that's not the Geico gecko that so many of us, that's like a very Michael Caine British man that we all know and love. But before they found voice actor Jake Dylan Wood, there were a few voiceover actors playing Martin the Gecko, one of which Kelsey Grammer at one point. Don't settle for this first <laughs> spokes creature that crawls into your lap, you know? <laughs> well, that's the fun part about recasting. If it's just a voice, it's a lot easier than recasting a person. 
I mean, this first commercial was all about this gecko getting too many phone calls. It's pretty silly. <laughs> They've certainly gotten a lot more creative over the years. Well, Progressive was founded one year after Geico by two gents, Joe and Jack, and still to this day remains an independent company, which we know Geico is actually owned by Warren Buffett, if you trace the, the dollar. Flo, who is their main mascot... And the face of the company was first introduced in 2008. So it took a little bit for progressive to catch up. Not very progressive, if you ask me. <laughs> um, and when Flo first launched, you saw her in this idyllic, all-white store setting. That was the idea. She existed in this superstore that Progressive had created, but it was all around the concept of simplifying insurance. Insurance was complicated. It was confusing. People couldn't navigate it. So flow was the catalyst to just show how easy insurance really could be. And I have the first commercial that featured flow. Let's do it. Welcome to Progressive.com. Did you find your policy okay? I did. Saved over $350. We have a savings of $350. A savings of $350. You know, that comes with concierge claim service, local response claim service, and 24-7 live support, all at no extra charge. So Flo is still played by Stephanie Courtney, and it is rumored she makes upwards of $2 million per year to play Flo. And I have to mention the financial impact impact of this. Progressive's business has more than tripled from when Flow launched in 2008, which at the time was 13.6 billion, to today, which is 60 billion. So now they have what they call the squad, which introduced other characters who also work at Progressive alongside Flow, notably Jamie, Allen, Mara, and Rodney. Is this just in case something happens to Flow? Is this it's just, the hit by a bus plan, which they, you kind of need. Are they thinking they're going to get rid of her sometime soon? <laughs> we just don't know. Might I see mean. her phase out. <laughs> Geico similarly has diversified their portfolio. They didn't just lean all into the spokes creature. We've had the cavemen. Who can forget the cavemen? I don't know. I mean, I should have asked you in advance who your favorite Geico character was of it's all time. It's just, so, it's just did, so easy a caveman could do it. That's uh, the one that sticks. So it's not it's not the pig. And by the way, all these characters have like weird names. So the, the, the gecko, they actually named Martin because the agency of the time... Martin Agency, very creative name, was like, let's just sneak that in there. That's when you know you made it as an agency. <laughs> You're naming brand. characters yeah. behind the scenes. Nobody ever really knows. Just like Maxwell the pig. We just know him as that pig that just holds the little uh, spindle, spindle things in his hands and goes, wee, wee. I remember, I remember not wee! being a fan of that. That was kind of creepy. <laughs> and who could forget the bland salesman? Actually, everybody did. But doing the research, apparently, bland salesman was another one of their <laughs> characters. And actually, in 2008, the cavemen were voted America's favorite advertising icon of the year. And again, coming back to it, this was a boring, sleepy category nobody talked about. And year over year now, agencies are winning, winning for the best creative in this category. So for anybody that's listening, sometimes people say, oh, we could never do that in our industry. Well, if you can do it in insurance where the products and services have been the same since 1938, then you can do it in your business too. And if anyone from the DMV is listening, please <laughs> take note. Let's play some music. Let's like add some colors in there. Like, why are we letting these things be monotonous? Insurance was like, this is kind of scary and complicated. Let's make it fun. 
Hello, we oh, can they do could that with cast, everything. They could cast a great villain in their TV spot. They could really play into it. So for Progressive, we're going to keep talking about Flo because they haven't introduced a suite of other mascots. So Flo is really all we got. A lot of the creative uh, budget and brain space is going into Flo and Flo Squad. They did do something a little bit different, leaning into the pop culture sensation that was the Barbie movie. So they did a clever ad, which was some of the characters from the Progressive Squad who are talking about ensuring the Barbie dream house. I remember this ad. It was a pretty good ad. Hey, Jamie. Oh, what am I up to? Just visiting a special secret client. I can't say who it is, but let's just say she bundled her dream house and her dream car for around-the-clock protection with Progressive. She has another house in Malibu. She's been an astronaut, an architect, a CEO. We're in front of her house, Dave. I'd love to tell you who her boyfriend is, but I don't think I can. Total brand recognition. Whether we like the ad or not, (laughs) whether we fight for the remote to get it off the screen, it doesn't change the fact that progressives in your head, whether you like it or not. Geico, on the other hand, they're constantly, I mean, I wouldn't have thought maybe over 20 years you'd be using the same spokes creature, but they do a really interesting job of just keeping it fresh. Geico just recently formed a collaboration with the launch of the Leo movie about another lizard by Adam Sandler on Netflix. And this is a story about a lizard that finally escapes, what, being stuck in a classroom for decades and decades. (laughs) He's finally getting out on his own. And in the commercial, they leverage all of that storytelling and... Our favorite insurance lizard is directing and leading the charge behind the scenes. Let me play the clip. And cut. That's my mate, Leo. Since I love giving advice, I'm helping him on his new Netflix movie. First off, vocal warm-ups. Betty bundled her happy home and cozy car. Sorry, I'm listening. Making a movie is tough, but it's easy to Geico. Cracking job. Let's do it again tomorrow. What? Does that mean we have to get up at 8? (laughs) Man, that is either going to be great or it's going to (laughs) suck. Can't wait to find out. Zooming out and looking at the industry as a whole, all of the insurance market is dealing with the impacts of inflation. People are seeing the dollars and cents in their bank account and they're looking and they're saying, where can I save? And so in some cases that plays in to the message of 15 minutes or more could save you 15%, right? But on the other hand, People are worried about their premiums and how much they cost. Another thing that the industry is really focused on is the Gen Z consumer coming up into the space and having more buying power. A lot of them are getting cars. A lot of them are entering the workforce. They are now becoming a key focus area. And so they're rejiggering their marketing message. They're rejiggering their approach. They really want to make sure that it appeals to Gen Z. Another thing is across the board from the insurance landscape, you're seeing more and more dollars going to digital channels. Yes, they're still doing the TV buys. Yes, they're still doing the billboards. But if you look at how they're breaking out their investment as a whole, more and more is going digital. And it makes sense because 69% of insurance consumers start searching online. 50% of that starts on a mobile device. And when we talk about ad spend paired with talking about a target audience that is younger and usually a little bit more conscious around transparency and how a company operates, I have a clip of the CMO of Progressive talking about how after the pandemic, they purposefully reduced their ad spend in an attempt to keep prices low for their consumers which is something they publicly talked about because we know those ad budgets are huge. 
Progressive insurance, um, as you may know, coming out of the pandemic, it really increased severity of accidents as people get back on the road. There are more accidents. The cost of inflation for cars as well, used cars or used car parts is really high. And so our expenses have gone up. To be responsible and keep our pricing competitive, we have actually lowered ad spend to make sure we're delivering on our profit ability, but we've done that smartly. Um, Progressive is the fourth largest spender um, as a brand, and so we're able to manage our ad spend and still have wide coverage, but pull back to make sure that we deliver our profitability ultimately. And that makes sense because ads for insurance are some of the highest cost ads across the board because people bid them up. And not only that, but when you have to showcase things going wrong, those sets are expensive. Yes, this is a very competitive space. And so you're seeing these big juggernaut brands just one after the other trying to outdo each other. Let me play a clip from the Martin Agency talking about what it's like working for Geico. We always start with the campaign idea first. In, in the case of the tag team spot, the construct that campaign is a part of is incredibly simple, which makes it memorable and easily portable to other channels and mediums. I switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. That's we now fast forward to the end of this Geico ad so you can get to your video faster. At the time, skippable pre-roll was, was still nothing new. Like it had been out for, for years. Geico's acknowledgement of the fact that like, oh, we believe in YouTube and see this as a, you know, like a powerful part of the media buy. And so what if we did something specific to it? Well, I think that video is just a great example of how important and critical and impactful it is to have the right agency partner. Mm. And the value of humor. <laughs> Another thing I thought was worth digging into is the increase in local searches. A lot of data around how these ads are performing. We're finding more and more consumers are actually typing in things like insurance near me. You know, you have on the one hand, younger generations wanting to do more with their phones, wanting to be able to live chat, have a conversation with an agent. But in that case, that means more people are looking for agents that they actually can have a relationship with. And so maybe that's a trend back mm. towards having someone in your hometown <laughs> that can help you with all your insurance needs. Maybe that's a benefit for the local agent. Who knows? So if we had to talk about any other brands. I mean, we can't talk about insurance marketing without mentioning the Liberty Mutual Emu. Emu? Lemu Emu. I just, I'm so not a fan of those ads. I don't know if it's the yellow, it's their brand yellow, but it's just, it's offensive. I don't love the ads. Those, those annoy the living shit out of me. Allstate, on the other hand, is an interesting case because they had the very serious, trustworthy, you're in good hands ad. And then they come out of fucking left field driving over fucking school zones and hitting cones with mayhem, which was arguably one of the funniest and most outlandish pieces of creative when it comes to insurance, oh, which we I remember those. was that iconic actor who is mayhem. You're not prepared for mayhem like me and shit's just going wrong, which leans into what happens with insurance. You have Geico, which are whimsical, kind of funny, not really about insurance. You have flow who is simplifying and making their product offering as easy as possible. And then 
then you have Mayhem who's saying, we're the antithesis of all this, we got you. I'm going to show you how fucked up things can get and you're going to need Allstate. So they clearly had to, I mean, what an A-B test to figure out what creative worked for them. Yeah, Allstate definitely does a great job using Mayhem and showcasing crazy scenarios of what could happen while we're operating our motor vehicles. Another interesting one is farmer's insurance. Farmers does this whole montage of all these crazy things that they've covered. Yep, we covered that. And in some ways, they're kind of endearing. They're kind of fun. They're not quite as dramatic, but they definitely play off of the farsity of what's possible. But who could forget about Jake from State Farm? Such a popular campaign that they decided to give it a 2020 reboot and change Jake. Gotta love new Jake. New Jake. People are wondering, the internet's wondering, what happened to old Jake? Oh, he went out to a state farm somewhere. He's running around. He has a lot of room. Oh, man. <laughs> Poor Jake. And now for something completely different. So if we had to put this to work today, I would say first and foremost, use humor as a strategic tool. Too many brands get caught in the minutia of what you do. And at the end of the day, we need to be building relatability and connection with our audiences. We need them to associate something with our brand. Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to them making a buying decision, that's going to pay dividends. Humor is a great way to take advantage of that. Next is embrace non-traditional branding. In all of the brands we talked about today, they're doing some really unique things to get your attention. They're not afraid to launch new people to join the brand family to stay connected with you. Next, I would say spokespeople, spokes, creatures, whatever it is, for the brands that don't necessarily have it, there is tremendous value in personifying your brand, in giving it a personal image, a personal touch. We may not love Flo. God, I hate the shit out of her, but she's memorable. She's memorable, and she gets the people moving. Next, target audience adaptation. Don't be afraid to make some changes and evolve because generations have different buying behavior. They have different expectations for their brands. They have different expectations for the teams they want to join. And so we need to shift up our messaging in order to bring everybody under the tent. And the last thing would be balance fun with seriousness. We all do serious things, but how serious do we really have to take ourselves while we're doing said things? Excuse me, Flo. <laughs> So if you had to take anything away from the show today, Veronica. It's that if you're bored with your marketing, it's very likely your customers are too. And there's probably a lot of opportunity to do some cool shit. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> I love it. And mine would be, if insurance can do it, you can do it. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, smash the subscribe button or listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're out of here.